Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we are so excited to bring you our interview with Tiana Sumanasekara. Yes, that's how you pronounce it. We clarified because it's one of those names that I feel like I've heard pronounced 10,000 bajillion different ways. And I feel like we've contributed to that. I feel like we've also pronounced it 10 billion different ways. Well, to be fair, the announcer dude at the, you know, elite competitions is pronouncing it wrong. So we're all pronouncing it wrong. But but now we have clarification. It's Sumana Sekera, and Tiana is absolutely killing it. She just got back recently from the 2023 Pan American Championships, which was her senior international debut, and she absolutely crushed it. She took home the all-around gold, team gold, beam gold, as well as the silver on floor. She's one of those athletes that was dominating the international scene as a junior, so it's really awesome to see that she's carrying that over into the senior ranks. She's at WCC now and really has a bright future ahead, so we hope you guys enjoy this interview. Pan Ams was your senior international debut and you did amazing how do you how do you think you did um I think I did really well especially for it being my first international meet as a senior I didn't know what to expect at all so I was just really excited and was ready to go out there and compete and I just really wanted to hit my routines and that's what I did and I'm just really happy with how it went yeah, well, you left with three gold medals and a silver, yeah. and one of them was the all-around gold, which yeah. is incredible. So is that a little bit of a confidence boost for you, especially for that being your first senior international competition? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I really just didn't know how it was going to go, but I was really happy to hit four for four, and I knew that the scores were pretty good, so I was just really happy with how it turned out. Did you get to do anything fun to celebrate after, whether that was, you know, with the team or even when you got home? Um, well, on the last day when we were over there in Colombia, we had a cute little pizza party at the hotel. So I thought that was really fun. And we also got some empanadas on the last day, which we had been eagerly waiting to get because we would pass by the empanada place there and back from training each time. So we we're, we'd been dying to get them. So we got it on the last day. <laughs> you were eyeing it for a while. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so being a senior now, there's roughly a year till Paris. Um, does that excite you? Does that scare you a little bit? How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm just very excited. I mean, I, I just want to take things step by step and just enjoy the journey. So I'm just excited for what's to come. And so looking back, I guess, to last year in September, you made the gym switch to WCC. Um, I guess, talk a little bit about that and what was the motivating factor for you in making that move? Yeah, so mainly, obviously, because of bars, because I knew if I wanted to be a competitive senior, I was going to have to improve my bars a lot. And it was always the one event that was bringing down my all around score as a junior. And I knew I wanted to make a change. So that's, that's the main motive. Okay. And do you feel like you've seen improvements in your gymnastics since moving to WCC? Yeah, I definitely think I've cleaned up on every event for sure. And it's obviously, especially on bars, I think it's definitely a big difference from last year to this year. I mean, there's still a lot I need to work on, but big, big improvements. And yeah, I'm just happy with how it's going. WCC, I've I've never been there, but I've just, I've seen pictures and videos and it's such a big, beautiful gym. And then also there's the fact that you have so many elite teammates as well. So what about WCC is your favorite? Um, well, of course the facility is like, it's stunning. It's beautiful. I mean, the first time I walked in, I was shocked I was like oh my god this is huge it's so beautiful it, it has everything and more in the facility um 
But I think most of all, the teammates and the coaches are really just the best part of the whole gym. They're they're amazing. They're so yeah. welcoming and they're they're awesome. WCC is like the Mall of America for gymnastics <laughs> gyms. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I guess kind of looking back, your first year of elite, you didn't even qualify on to the national championships that year. And then I feel like ever since then, we've just seen so much growth from you and your gymnastics. And you've been very successful last year as a junior on the international scene. And now so far this year as a senior on the international scene. So I guess talk a little bit about that and the growth that you've seen in yourself. And have you had a chance to kind of reflect back on not only how your gymnastics has improved, but maybe how you've improved, you know, as a person as well? Yeah, no, I've definitely improved quite a bit. I mean, I love to look back on my videos and grow from them. And I just think also that I'm getting older. I, I like to reflect on my older teens, know what I can do better. And I just, yeah, it's, I love, I love improving and I love seeing improvement too. <laughs> and you're the first American gymnast of Sri Lankan descent to represent the U.S. in an international setting. What does that mean to you? That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I I truly love um, my Sri Lankan heritage, and I just think it's super cool that I get to show it off. So it's definitely a big deal being the first American gymnast of Sri Lankan heritage to represent the U.S. Are both of your parents from Sri Lanka, or like, what's the connection? Yes, they're both from Sri Lanka. Okay, nice. Mm So switching gears, um, your recruiting period is coming up actually very soon in the next couple of weeks. So are you excited about that? Nervous? How are you feeling? I'm so, so excited. I have been waiting for to start the recruiting process for what feels like forever. And I'm just, I'm so excited to start the process. Yeah. At June 15th, it's coming up quick. Coming up close. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're comfortable sharing, do you have any like dream colleges that you're interested in? And if you don't want to share, we have a little out for you. You can just say what you're looking for in a college. So what's on like your must have list? Yeah, so I definitely do have a dream college. I'm not ready to share it yet, but um, I'm super excited to start all, all the whole, the whole process, recruiting everything, and I'm really just looking forward to the visits and getting to learn more about the facility, the college, everything about it, the teammates. Um, and I feel like the most important thing in a college, especially for gymnasts, is having a great team environment. Everything fun and the coaching, everything just, yeah, yeah. So now, do you go to a regular high school or are you homeschooled? I'm homeschooled. Okay. And so how is that with balancing gymnastics, especially when you go to international meets? How do you balance school um, and your academics with your rigorous training schedule? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely challenging because there's so much schoolwork buildup. And when I go on vacations, trips, traveling, anything, it builds up very quickly. So I... I personally like to do as much as I can before traveling because I don't want it to build up like crazy when I come back. So that's that's more or less how I try to um, plan it out. So with being homeschooled, do you like kind of teach yourself or do you have someone that you work with to like learn the subject matter? Um, I usually teach myself. I, I like school, so I just I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite subject? Um, I love math. Oof, can't relate. Yeah, <laughs> can't relate. I was not only bad at math when I was in school, but I just, it wasn't my thing. I didn't like it. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. <laughs> so now that it's summer, what does your schedule look like? Training wise, I know you've got some big competitions coming up. And then do you have time to do anything fun? Do you have any like fun summer plans? Yeah. Um. Well, training's more or less the same during winter. So we're just going by normal training schedule. 
And um, I don't have anything in particular fun planned, but um, maybe some short weekend trips here and there and just hanging out with friends and going shopping. <laughs> so will your next competition be the U.S. Classic? Yes. Okay. Do you know yet? Are you going to do all around there? Or are you just going to focus on a couple of events? Yes, we're planning on doing all around. Okay, cool. Um, speaking of the rest of the season, what goals do you have? Um, I would love to hit four for four um, at classics and championships. And then I would really, really love to make the world's team. Okay. And then what about long-term goals? What are some of your, when you look ahead to the future, what do you want? Um, definitely the Olympics. But with that being said, it's obviously really hard to make the five person team, but I'm just going to try my best, you know, not put too much pressure on myself and take it step by step and just enjoy the journey. <laughs> mm -hmm. What about if you can share any skills or events that you're hoping to upgrade? Yes, I would really love to put some upgrades in, especially on floor, because it's been hard um, getting back after my ankle injury. And I already had like a, a better floor routine, more upgraded floor routine planned, but the ankle injury was definitely a step back. So we're planning to put the double-double in for classics and I'm super excited to upgrade. <laughs> Is it a tuck double-double or a light out? Tuck double-double. Tucked, okay. What was the ankle injury you had and when, when was that? Um, it was early February and I landed short on a um, tumbling pass and it kind of landed off and mm -hmm. it took a couple of weeks to get back and it's still, it's, it's much stronger now, but um, it was definitely a process getting back. <laughs> so what was the recovery process like? Did you have to, was it just like rehab or did you have like surgery or anything? No, it was just rehab. So I went to rehab um, twice to three times a week and it, it definitely got stronger by the, by the day. Um, but I had to take some time off, like tumbling, vaulting, everything for at least two to three weeks, three weeks for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I was definitely getting nervous, but I felt it strengthening. So I was excited to come back and it, it, feel, it feels good now. Yeah. What is it like coming back once you've had like three weeks off or you haven't tumbled at all? Does the skills, do they come back naturally or like how does it work when you've been out for that long because I yeah. feel like three weeks isn't that long but in elite gymnastics terms I feel like that's yeah. a long time <laughs> yeah no it, it does feel like a long time and I'm like oh my god am I gonna get it back no it was it was it was pretty natural I think it's a lot of muscle memory so it just came pretty natural and I was I was feeling a lot better after I got the skills back <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do floor for three weeks come back and doing double doubles like the next day <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so to wrap this up, we like to do some fine little bonus questions at the end. So the first one that I have is you're turning 16 in September. Do you have any plans to get your driver's license? Um, Yes, I would love to get my driver's license, but I've been so busy, so I don't really have enough time to like focus on driving, but I would love to get my license this year. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like with training and competitions, how do you yeah. even like find the time? To... Yeah. You're, you're busier than the average 16 year old. <laughs> so I know that you're into fashion. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite stores to shop at? I love shopping, any type of shopping, um, especially online shopping, but I love Lululemon, Sephora, and then definitely some high-end brands too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So if you could describe yourself in three words, how would you describe yourself? Um, I would say caring, funny, and energetic. I have a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> what about favorite country that you've been to and why? Um, 
probably the Maldives because I just love how luxurious it feels with like the overwater villas. It's it's so beautiful and the water is probably the clearest and bluest water you'll ever see. Yeah, I've seen a lot of like TikToks about the Maldives <laughs> and I always favorite them. I'm like, this is on my bucket list. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and last one, what about top item on your bucket list? If you have a bucket list. Yeah, I think skydiving. It's Ooh. it's definitely out there, but I think it would be a lot of fun. And I've seen so many videos. I'm like, oh my God, that's so scary. But like it it looks so much it looks like so much fun. <laughs> See, that's the one thing that you'll never catch me doing. Like <laughs> I feel like you can convince me to do almost anything besides yeah. that. I've just yeah. come to the conclusion I will never be jumping out of a plane. But you're used to flying though. So yeah. <laughs> it's not like not really the same thing but like kind of the same vibe <laughs> thank you to tiana for taking the time to come on our show we are wishing you all the best as you gear up to navigate your college recruiting journey and of course the rest of your senior career we are such big fans and we can't wait to see what you accomplish Real quickly, we wanted to give you guys the results from the Pan American Championship since we haven't really had a chance to talk about that yet on the show. So yeah, we've been doing like interview after interview and it hasn't given us too much time to really talk about anything. Yeah, but we have a moment now to do that. So we're a little bit behind. We apologize, (laughs) but I feel like now is a better time than ever with having Tiana on the show. So let's get into it. In the team competition, USA finished first with a 163.7. Mexico was second with a 154.698, and then Canada was third with a 150.998. And I think it's important to note that not, I I guess I would say not many of the countries sent their A team, at least the top teams like US, Canada, Brazil, Mexico. Um, It was kind of more like the B team, I would say. So it's not really an indication of where these countries stack up, at least when it comes to like world rankings. Yeah. And I thought maybe we'd see more of the A-teams at the Pan American Games later this year, but I guess not because it's after Worlds. So Worlds is end of September, beginning of October, and the Pan American Games is end of October. So I could see that being another situation where a lot of these countries are going to send their B-teams again, but I guess that remains to be seen. Moving on to the all-around competition, in first place, we had Tiana Sumanasekara with a 53.9. Second place was Natalia Escalera from Mexico with a 53.266. And then in third was Aurelie Tran from Canada with a 52.867. In the vault final, we had Alexa Moreno come away with the gold medal with a 13.7. In second, we had Jocelyn Robertson with a 13.583. And then in third from Mexico was Natalia Escalera. And it was actually a tie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. With Atsuri Sandoval also from Mexico, and they got a 13.316. On bars, Enola Matthews won the gold with a 14 flat. It sounded like you said Enola. Oh, did it? Yeah. (laughs) Enola Matthews. Second place was Addison Feda with a 13.667. And then taking away the bronze was Natalia Escalera, again from Mexico, with a 13.6. In the balance beam final, we had Tiana Sumanasekara with a 13.767. In second, Jocelyn Robertson with a 13.267. And then in third was Aurelie Tran from Canada with a 13.167. And then last but not least, on floor, 
Jason Robertson won the gold medal. I'm so happy that she's having such great international success I as a senior. I was literally just about to say that. She's she has it. been killing it on the international stage lately. So shout out to Jocelyn. And I feel like she was someone who was always so overlooked for international yes. assignments. And finally, she's being recognized and appreciated for her incredible difficulty and her power and you know, all that she can bring to Team USA. She still has a lot that she's working on, but also we've always been big Jocelyn Robertson advocates on the All Things Gymnastics podcast. Absolutely. Also, like Tiana, I moved to WCC after championships last year, and I think we're already starting to see the improvements in her gymnastics there as well. So absolutely. She won floor with a 14.1. Fellow teammate Tiana Sumanasekara won silver with a 13.567. And then once again on the podium, having a stellar competition, was Natalia Escalera with a 13.2. This competition also was a way for gymnasts to qualify to the world championships individually. So some of those gymnasts that are on teams that don't qualify as a team to the world championships. And we got quite a few exciting names on here. Yeah, Sydney Barros, former U.S. national team member, now representing Puerto Rico, qualified to the world championships. Olivia Kelly from Barbados. She's a Mizzou commit. Carla Navis from Panama. Alias Perea from Ecuador. Lindsey Brown from Haiti. Hello. Finally, I was going back and listening to some of our old episodes. We did an interview with Lindsey Brown back in like mid-2020. And that was the first time that she really had started to talk about her hopes to someday represent Haiti. But then she had another Achilles tear after that happened. So with the amount of injuries that she's had... I didn't think we would actually ever see her going down the elite path. Well, and it's just crazy that it like took this long because, again, because of COVID, first of all, but then also all the Achilles tears. She did six years of college gymnastics, and it was funny listening to that interview because we were like, oh, she's going into like her senior year, and like she actually ended up having two more years after that. So. And now a whole elite career ahead of her. And she still has lots to work on in terms of upping her difficulty. She pretty much just did her college routines, which were great. But I think when you're looking at international scoring and execution, things like that, I think she does have a little bit of work to do if she wants to be competitive for, you know, actually making a podium at a, a big international assignment. But I'm excited to see what she can do. And I also think that, you know, with her representing Haiti, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about gymnasts competing, gymnasts that have lived and trained and grown up in the United States. And had the resources of training and living in the United States. Representing other countries. I know that there's mixed feelings about that, but I think with Lindsey Brown, that's one that we can kind of feel good about for sure because, you know, Haiti doesn't have any elite level that I'm aware of. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But no, I don't believe they do. They don't have any high level gymnasts that are in contention to make the world championship. So this is huge. And I also think now we're kind of going off on a quick tangent, but I also think that if the athlete has biological ties to the country, whether that's through one or both of their parents, and they show an interest in learning about the culture, wanting to be tied to their culture, spending time in that country, training in that country, trying to actually build up the sport and work with the coaches and the athletes that are already in that country. To me, that shows an actual interest in building the sport in that country and not just trying to take away, you know, an Olympic spot from somebody who's from that country. Yeah. Um, I think that's the the difference. Absolutely. I think Lindsay's the perfect example of somebody who could you know, by competing at the World Championships for Haiti, get potentially some resources for Haiti and even just like recognition for Haiti. I yeah. think that her doing this could be a really big thing for that country. And also just for like the pride aspect of it, like the Haitian people have to be so proud 
or they will be i'm sure i mean they might not know who she is yet but i think they're going to and i think that's the point of doing it though you know like it shows that there could be an interest for gymnastics in a country like haiti absolutely and that's how you get more resources ultimately i'm actually gonna look up because i'm kind of curious now how many olympians haiti has had and i'm not talking gymnastics i'm talking just like in general I'm curious for the exact number, but I remember reading somewhere that it was, like, very few. Like, I want to say they had under 10 at the last Olympics. Wow, so Haiti's actually had two Olympic medalists in history, a silver medalist and a bronze medalist. Now we're diving into, like, Haitian history here. Was it a long time ago? As far as the Summer Olympics go, Haiti has been represented at the Olympics since 19... Ooh, wait. Well, literally 19. Like, the year 19. <laughs> Like 1900. 1900, yeah. In Paris, ironically. Mm. They had three athletes. And there were several Olympics that they did not attend. Like 1908, 1912, 1920. Welcome to our history class, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but come on. This is kind of interesting, is it not? Yeah, I think it's good background knowledge to have. 19- as we root for Lindsey Brown on this journey. Well, it's really funny that it's a lot of these are in Paris. Like this next one I'm looking at is 1924. They had nine athletes. Okay, so what about the most recent In Paris. That was Paris. Yes, I'm making my way there. I'm just really looking at this, and I'm like, wow. So Haiti had six athletes in Tokyo. Okay, that's what I thought. They had 10 in Rio. So they're a country that does not send a lot of athletes, period. And And so Lindsay is not taking a spot away from anybody, which I think is what a lot of gymnastics fans get upset about, rightfully so. There's a lot of athletes in countries that don't have as many resources that are working really hard to qualify, whether that's an individual spot or a spot for their team at the Olympics. And those athletes, you know, like I said, they don't have the same resources that somebody in the United States would. So I think it could cause some complicated feelings on somebody coming in and just taking that spot. But I also think there's benefits to it, such as getting more eyes on the sport in that country, potentially increasing medal opportunities. And I think building interest overall, especially when the athlete is invested in that and they're not just using that country's spot for their own benefit, the primary motivation is being tied to their biological culture and getting to know the athletes and the coaches and working within that system that they have within that country to try and build it from the ground up, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Well said. To wrap up our history lesson, if you guys were curious what the Olympic medals were for Haiti, because I'm curious. So they have a silver, Wikipedia says it's athletics, but when I look at like what that is, it's like track and field and cross country, which must have been an Olympic sport at one point. But Mm -hmm. they had a silver medalist in the long jump, and then they also had a bronze medalist in shooting. Okay, so no gymnastics medals yet. But that might change with Miss Lindsey Brown, so <laughs> stay tuned. Okay, anyways, back to individual qualifiers for Worlds. Sorry for the little tangent. But it's been a big topic in the gymnastics community lately, especially because of Luisa Blanco, which we will get to in just a second. Okay, so qualifying to Worlds from Pan Ams. In addition to everyone we already said, we also have Macarena Pinto and Francesca Santi, both from Chile, Lana Herrera from Panama, Ana Karina Mendez from Peru, and then two gymnasts from Colombia, Yusef Valenzuela and Gina Escobar. And speaking of Colombia, many of you may know this by now because it's been all over the gym internet the past week, but Luisa Blanco announced to Inside Gymnastics that she is now training at Midwest Gymnastics, which, yes, that's the same gym that Suni Lee is currently training at and has trained at her entire life to represent Colombia. 
So now Luisa has parents, both of her parents from Columbia, and I didn't do this interview. My coworker Christy did, but um, I made the little like video that was anou- that we posted to like announce the news, and so I got to listen to the interview and. Um, she said it was something that she always like dreamed about doing, but was actually discouraged from doing back in her previous elite career. So I'm glad that she's getting the opportunity now to finally like chase that dream. And it's too late for her to be in the picture to go to Worlds this year. She missed the opportunity to qualify, but she's aiming for the Columbian Championships, which are in July. And then from there, hoping to either go to the Pan American Games later this year or aiming for some of the World Cup events next year in hopes to maybe qualify to the Paris Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentioned that Paris is a goal for her, of course. Like, why would you even bother being at this level if you're not going to, like... Try for the Olympics. Right, especially this close to the Olympics. But also listening to her speak, it's not, like, the one and only goal that she has. It sounds like she's doing it more so to represent her culture, um, doing it to inspire others. And if the Olympics happen, then that's great. But if they don't happen, that's not going to be like... It's not like the major end goal necessarily. Yeah, not the end all be all. It's just like if it happens, cool. That's obviously amazing. But it sounds like she's more so doing it just to like live out this dream that she's had for a while. And it's more tied to her culture and being connected to that versus like the opportunities that come from that, I guess. Like she just wants to be connected to and represent her culture. That's what I took away from it at least. Yeah, and she talked about like not really knowing how to represent or like portray I guess maybe if that's the right word her culture and obviously we've seen a little bit of that in like her Floratines in Alabama but this will give her you know a completely different outlet to fully express herself the way that she wants to so I think that's really exciting news I hope that she does well I think she'll do well just given how incredible like she is technically but this also will be interesting and this is where a lot of the debate came in this past week was Columbia does have several elite level gymnasts that are capable of qualifying to the world championships and maybe someday the Olympics in the future, such as Yusef Valenzuela and Gina Escobar. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting to follow because I'm assuming that Columbia will not qualify a team to the Olympics. They might. They might. You never know. Never say never. It's not like super likely like you know there's some countries that like are guaranteed or have a pretty good chance of making it as a team to the olympics and columbia is not one of those teams at this point in time so i imagine there's only going to be one individual there and i don't know if louisa joining the team is necessarily enough to like suddenly make columbia a team contender for the olympics i think she'll score well oh she's phenomenal like we know just from watching her in college gymnastics how phenomenal she is but i don't think one gymnast alone can like carry a team to something as big as the olympic games like you need a full team to contribute to that that's why it's a team competition but right Therefore, I think that like we're talking kind of individual spots for the Olympics and this could be an interesting situation, like you said, if it comes down to her qualifying a spot to the Olympics and taking it from a actual gymnast in Colombia that lives and trains and has grown up in the Colombian gymnastics system. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. We'll I think see. there's going to be a lot of ongoing debate about this. I don't imagine it's going to slow down anytime soon. But we'll stay tuned and see how it unfolds. And at the very least, I'm very excited for her to compete in the Columbian Championships. I think there's no harm in doing that. And, you know, even if she gets to go to a competition like the Pan American Games or a World Cup event, you know, I think that's totally fine. And yeah, will allow her to live out her dreams of representing Columbia. So we'll see how things unfold. Okay, so to wrap up, this is going to be a new thing that we're going to be doing on the podcast at the end of every episode. 
We're going to do a question of the day where you guys Question can... of the week. Sorry, yes, question of the week. <laughs> My note said question of the day, but you're correct. It's question of the week. And that's going to be an opportunity for you guys to submit a question. There's actually a link in the show notes. And it's the same link. You can click it at any point and submit a question. It's always going to be the same link. And we'll always have it in the show notes. But... You guys can send us any questions about literally anything that you want us to talk about. Yeah, if there's anything that's going on currently, things that happened in the past, even if it's like personal stuff, um, pretty much anything, we'd be willing to answer. We're just going to end with a question. We think that's kind of like a fun thing to try out. So um, we also, by the way, I know a while ago we asked for questions because we were going to do an episode with questions and we did get a lot of questions, like almost 20, I think. So we're still going to do that. Um, But just going forward, we're also going to be constantly accepting questions for you guys to send in and we will have a little chit chat at the end because our podcast is so interview based i think sometimes we get so caught up in like doing interview after interview after interview that we don't really ever actually take a second to talk about anything that's going on sometimes we do when there's like big competitions happening but like Mm -hmm. the day-to-day stuff i feel like we just kind of like skip over it so this is a chance for us to incorporate some of those things that are happening on a weekly basis into the podcast. Yes. So this question I really, really like. I think it's fitting for the time, given that the recruiting period for the class of 2025 is about to open up and they're about to start going through the recruiting process and making decisions. And then also, real quickly, I want to mention I did an interview with Avery Neff for Inside Gymnastics about the recruiting process, which... A lot of people found interesting, so thank you to everyone that like shared it and said nice things. I found it super interesting myself just hearing like her thought process on like how she narrowed down the schools and you know what went into making that decision. Well, she was so honest, and I feel like we don't often see that in the gymnastics community. I feel like it's for some reason recruiting is very like secretive and a lot of athletes not only do they not post where they're going, like what schools they visit, but they also don't really ever in interviews break down like what their thought process was and like Avery literally told Ashley what school she went to was public but why she didn't choose every single school and I thought that was so interesting how she was so open and willing to break that down even as far as like going to say that she was about like two seconds away no not even not even two seconds away she literally did cancel her visit at Florida and then like freaked out and like called back and was like wait I'll go but that's so real and I think that's something that a lot of athletes especially ones that are about to be going through the process that's really helpful them and relatable to see that like somebody like Avery Neff who is super popular and one of the top recruits the top recruit to see that she had some of these conflictions and like inner turmoil and it helps them know first of all that they're not alone but also just what they can expect going through that process yeah so that story if you want to read it it's on inside gym and I guess we'll put it in the show notes down below too if you guys want to check that out if you haven't already but Um, With all of that, I feel like lately my brain has been very, like, recruiting and college-focused. And and what draws certain people to certain schools. And Brittany and I have actually talked about this before. Like, if we were gymnasts, where would we go? So we we picked this question because it's something that we really wanted to talk about anyways. We've been so excited to talk about this. (laughs) So the question is, by the way, these are anonymous, so, like, don't let that stop you from... Don't let it be in public or you think it's public be the reason that you don't send a question. I know some people are like... I don't know. People, they just feel awkward about it. Yeah. Like they don't want us to be like, why would this person send me a question or why would they say that? Like we're not doing that and it's anonymous anyway. So we have no way of knowing. So just FYI. So the question is, if you were a gymnast, which school would you choose besides U of M? Very smart of you to put that because you know us. This person must know us very well. <laughs> um, based on location, coaches, facility, NIL, et cetera. Great so, question. Love this question. So I think what we're going to do is we're each just going to say 
our top five. Like, if we were a gymnast, and I know the rule changed now, it's unlimited visits, but before it was five. So we're going to pretend like we were a gymnast for the class of 2024, and we had four visits that we could go on, and where would we go? Sorry, five. (laughs) I literally just said five, and then I said four. Five. You know what I mean? I think we're going to have some overlap here. I think, Mina, I expect that we're going to have... Sorry, I just hit the (laughs) mic stand. (laughs) It's okay. I expect that we're going to have either the same exact list or very similar. I don't think so. I think I'm about to throw you and the entire gymnastics community, the people that listen to our podcast, I'm about to throw all y'all for a loop. I'm so excited. So anyways, I think Ashley's going to read her top five. So these are the schools that she would visit if she was a gymnast, and then I will give you mine. And then we'll both go through and simultaneously talk about the pros and cons uh, like what our thought process would be um, if we were like actually being recruited by now these schools. to clarify are we Avery Neff and Trinity Thomas like are we that level yes we are Avery Neff okay so I guess I'll go first and this is no particular order like this isn't necessarily my number one pick and my number five pick these are just like schools that I would look at UCLA mm-hmm. LSU mm-hmm. Michigan and I know you said not to put Michigan but we're not talking about picking we're talking about just taking our visits and I'm sorry you cannot tell me that I can't visit Michigan okay <laughs> um Arkansas and Georgia what i told you i told you all right go ahead and say yours wow okay she shook guys i am i have again minor in no particular order michigan utah ucla florida and lsu wow so we actually did hold on i think i dissociated did you have utah on yours no i didn't what Oh, wow. Okay, so you're right. I am very shook by this. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. So which ones do we have in common? We have UCLA. And Michigan. Okay, so I think... And LSU? Yes. Ooh, plot twist. Okay. So... That's a plot twist if you're a longtime listener of ours, because I feel like LSU... Like, if it came down to Florida and LSU, I was always a Florida girly. Yeah. But I feel like times are changing, maybe? I don't know. I'm afraid to say that. (laughs) Okay, let's start with the ones we have in common. So UCLA. Okay. Um, I think we're going to agree for the most part on these reasons. Um, Location, I think, is a big draw, just being in California. Although LA kind of seems, I've never been there, but it seems like kind of hectic with traffic and everything. But I do think it'd be nice to live in like a sunny, nice weather state. I have beautiful weather as one of my pros. A top school. UCLA is a phenomenal school. If you're looking to get a degree from like a college that's like nationally, worldwide recognized, I think UCLA fits that bill. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I have that on my list. I have the current coaching staff. Um, They seem wonderful. Janelle totally gives off mom vibes. I personally would really need something like that. I think that I would respond well to that. Yeah. So just from what I've seen, obviously I'd have to go on my visits and like, you know, assess. But I think from what I've seen publicly... I think I like what I'm seeing at UCLA as far as their culture and their coaching staff. I agree. I had the coaching staff and Janelle now as the head coach, the first season under the belt. I feel like the team did amazing. She seems awesome, super positive, just Mm -hmm. good vibes from the team, it seems like. So that was a big thing for me as well. I also put that I'd love a BJ Floratine. (laughs) See, I love BJ's Floratines, but I cannot dance to save my life. So I feel like... I would probably just not make the floor line up. Or if I if I did... Your, your tumbling would be good, but your dance would be so horrible that they would be embarrassed to put the you The gym turnout would definitely destroy me on the internet. Like, I would not be good, but whatever. <laughs> we would deal with that when I got to that point. So aside from that, um, top team, obviously. Like, if you want to be on a team that's in contention to win a national title, UCLA's in that mix. And then big crowds. They have a really big, passionate fan base. Good energy at their home meets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that I would want. If I was a top, you know, a high-level gymnast, I would want to feel like I'm a star. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you'd get that there. 
As far as cons, can I say my first con? I think it's going to be the same as mine, but go ahead. I'm an introvert. Oh, no, but that's a good point. <laughs> I So here's the thing, and I think a lot of you might relate to this. Growing up, there was three teams that I was a big fan of at various points, but it was always Michigan, UCLA, and Georgia. I always said that I would go to UCLA. Like, I remember, like, back when we had our blog, Triple Twist, and we'd get, you know, questions on Tumblr and things like that. And I just remember saying that I would go to UCLA. Mm -hmm. But I think as I've gotten older and I've gotten to know myself a little bit better, I am very introverted. And that's not to say that I'm shy. It's not to say that I can't talk to people. It's not to say that I can't make friends. Because I do believe that I can do all of those things. But, for example, I was on a little mini work trip a couple weeks ago. And I spent three hours one way in a car with one of my coworkers to see a kid and then drive three hours back. So I essentially spent six hours out of a day to see a kid. She works in child welfare, by the way. That's so I had to drive all around the state of Michigan. <laughs> and that's why she's seeing kids. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe I should have clarified that. But where I'm going with this is because I'm driving all over the place. Sometimes I bring people with me. And so I spent six hours in a car with this person who I'd never met before. And... She was great. Like, we talked a bunch. She was super nice. It was, like, phenomenal. Like, can I be friends with her? Absolutely. But I was so mentally drained from having to, like, talk to somebody for, like, that long. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the vibe I get from UCLA and just LA culture in general, there's a lot of people, like you said, a lot of traffic. They're a very, like, high-energy hype, outgoing, out there. let's have a dance party team. And I don't feel like at the core I'm that way. It seems fun. Like, do I want to be a part of that? Yeah, that sounds fun. But I think would I be able to handle that consistently for four years? That's the thing. All the time. So. I think, like, let's all get together and have a dance party. Like, one night we're trying to have a good time. We sure. D- we do that Do sometimes. I want to have a dance party all the time? No, I want you to leave me alone. <laughs> I'm partially joking. Nutty, though. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. Like, if I'm being honest and you're asking me, like, what I would be considering, that's something that I would have to think about because I am very introverted. That's a good point. I thought about that, but I didn't actually put it down on my list. Um, The biggest thing on my list was the move to the Big Ten. Oh. I I didn't even put that. I think that having to travel for away meets to you know, Michigan, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, like places that are far from California, I I would probably get sick of that. It would take up a lot of time. It would take away from your school, just time spent at home. The time difference change that you'd have to go through. I I wouldn't do well with that personally. So that would be a big no for me on my list in regards to UCLA. Just too much travel. Um, And then I also feel like the gym kind of needs an update. And that's not like a deal breaker. But there's so many teams out there that have really nice facilities, and UCLA's is really outdated and old. Mm-hmm. But that's not like a but, like I said, not a deal breaker. No, but it's the pros and cons. And you look at you know some of these other schools meet a lot of they check a lot of the same boxes, I guess. But they have updated gyms as well, so like yeah. that could sway you in one direction, you know, right. away from UCLA. So okay, so another one we have in common. Let's do you see. Oh, I mean, sorry, LSU. Okay, so uh, this one is maybe pretty obvious, but. The training facility. I mean, that gym mm-hmm. is just state of the art. And I think that's a huge draw for recruits or gymnasts that are considering LSU. Yeah. I feel like not many teams can compare in terms of what the facility has to offer. Also, NIL. Yep. I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. I think that NIL is not something that 
I don't feel like if I was an athlete, I would be like super into, I mean, I would be to some extent because like who doesn't want to make money, but like, I don't know if that would be like my whole personality. And that's also not shade towards anybody. I'm just saying that like, I don't see myself as being that kind of person that would like, you're more low key. Like, yeah, like I'm here to do gymnastics and I'm here to go to school. Like those are things that I think I would prioritize more, but I also think the opportunity to make more money from NIL, that would be nice. It'd be a nice option to have. And I do appreciate the effort that they put into that and also how passionate their fan base is yep i think that's something that's a really big draw absolutely lsu home meets seem like so much fun like the energy in the crowd how many people they got just such a passionate group of fans even online we all see the lsu fans and how passionate they are Mm -hmm. they don't like you talking bad about their team understandable but um i i do think that if i was an athlete that would be a draw and you know you kind of said this earlier i feel like we've never really identified ourselves as LSU fans actually we've been kind of the opposite but I I can't lie there's something about LSU that's so fun to watch and And I really feel like my tune started to change this season this past season in particular um and I think the climb documentary had a lot to do with that I think that was one of the most genius recruiting tools that they could have ever done right um i really really think we're already seeing the effects of that how many transfers they got yeah um their team is going to be huge next year and i think that the climb really gave you insight into the team's culture i feel like they seem like a fun team they seem like a close team and i think that's something that i would really value i don't want to be on a team where you know i feel like i'm not close to the people that i'm spending the most time with yeah well on the coaching staff too i think that Sorry, guys. I keep touching this mic stand, <laughs> this new mic stand that we yeah. have. We do have a new setup. I wish you guys could see us. We look really professional. I don't wish you could see us because these headphones, this headset we're wearing looks awful on me. So <laughs> I, I don't wish you could see me. <laughs> but um, the coaching staff at LSU, you know, I know people out there have their opinions, but I like Jay Clark as a coach. I think mm-hmm. that he has a really great mindset and philosophy I, we listen to like all the press conferences that he does that are the ones that get posted on youtube at least which again love genius yep um the documentary is another good example i just i often agree with the things that he says in regards to coaching in regards and his team and their outlook and absolutely yes i think as a coach um i just i i think i would like I would like his mindset. I feel like he would motivate me. Yes. I listen to, like you said, the press conferences. And a lot of the times I'm sitting there nodding my head. I'm like, yes, I agree with that. Like this guy gets it. I like that outlook, um, especially with the season they had last year and how rough it got. I, in my head, naturally, I'm like, we're doomed. Like, we're screwed. But then you listen to Jay and some of the girls on the team talk and you almost kind of start to get like motivated. Like they're, what they're saying is penetrating. Right. Um, and that's exactly what you want in a coach, though. So I feel like he's the kind of coach that could motivate me in a positive way. And again, who knows? You know, what I mean, we're not actually athletes. I've never had any interaction with Jay Clark outside of when he came on our podcast two years ago. So I've heard a lot of good things about him from people who have been on his team um, or have been associated with the program. So um just purely basing it off that i I could see myself thriving in that environment yeah and the last thing i have on my list as far as a pro goes is just the potential to win a national championship and make history Mm -hmm. they're you know one of the teams on the brink of doing that they're one of the top teams that have yet to win a national championship and i think that it's special to be a part of the first team that ever does something like that so um if i was a top athlete 
I would probably be looking at a school that has not won a national championship that, you know, has a really good shot to. And mm-hmm. LSU, I mean, this is something that we'll talk about as we get closer to season again, but I think LSU is going to be a much different team than we've seen even in the last couple of years. So yeah. for cons, I have, and this is no offense to people in Louisiana, but I have not heard good things about Louisiana. <laughs> like yeah. it's a, it seems like a really boring state. I have who wants to live in Louisiana. Yeah, and, like, that's, again, like, no shade. Like, this is just our opinion. I've never been there, so I cannot speak on what it's actually like because I have not been there. So there's probably a lot of great things that I just don't realize, but I just don't know other than New Orleans. Like, I don't know, like, in Mardi Gras. like And and LSU. And LSU. But I've heard not as many great things about the actual state, whether that's because of, like, politics or, like, safety concerns in certain cities. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I don't know. That's just my opinion and maybe my impression which could change if i were to go on a visit right but i think going into it that would be like an automatic draw for me or not draw i mean a con con yeah yeah um the only other thing and this isn't like a super big deal i'm the kind of person that can pretty much get along with anybody but it is something that like i guess crossed my mind when thinking about this i feel like the lsu team is kind of religious Mm-hmm. And I personally am just not super, super religious, but I don't think that that would be a problem in terms of like being friends with the the girls and feeling like I fit in. Um, like I'm the kind of person that can like be around people that are praying and are super into, you know, being religious and like not have a problem with that. Like I don't have a problem with people being religious. You can adapt to like the the situation. I do wonder if I was, you know, a gymnast in going through the recruiting process, I, I probably would think about that. Like, I would think, like, am I going to fit in here? Not only, like, not liking Louisiana. Okay, I should not say not liking because I've not I been I swear there. if the LSU fans come for us. Look, I am saying positive things about LSU, and that was not something that I would have been willing to do a couple years ago. So, and like, if you're an LSU <laughs> fan and you're angry right now, I have something to tell you in, like, about five minutes. So stay tuned. You're going to pick LSU. I know it. We're not going to answer that question right now. You're totally picking LSU. That's fine. I'm not judging. I, I'm i shocked, but... I keep hitting this thing. Gosh. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyways, that's pretty much it about LSU. I just... Uh, lots of pros. Oh, I have one more con. Okay. I had injury management. Yeah. Because I can't lie. That is a concern to me. Um, and I'm not blaming anybody in particular. I know things happen. But they do have a lot higher injury rate than a lot of other teams. Other top teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, that is something that I feel like I would want to know more about. That's um, fair. If I was a recruit. That's fair. Especially after last season. The amount of injuries they had. But not even just last season. I mean, I mean, in general, I do feel like they have, out of all of the other top teams, I feel like they have the highest injury rate. And that's pretty consistent. <laughs> And That's also right. another one I kind of just thought of, depending on if their team looks like what it's going to look like next season, I would want to make lineups. So that's another thing. Right. That... But we separate Avery Neff. Oh, true. Yeah. And okay. Or Trinity Thomas. Like, we, we set up like, we're, the best gymnast. We're making lineups. Okay. Then yeah. never mind. But that would be something that I would want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the only other one that we had in common, I think, was Michigan, which we're not allowed to pick Michigan, but we are allowed to go on a visit there. And I made that rule up. <laughs> <laughs> so... Can I go first with my pros? Yeah, go ahead. Because I feel like you got to lead off all the pros. Go ahead. Um, first of all, it's close to home for us. And I think that's something that would be really important to me. I am very much a homebody. Whenever I, I love traveling. I love going on trips. But I also love coming home just as much. Yeah. And that's just how I am. We grew up about 40 minutes from Ann Arbor. We live in Ann Arbor now, but we grew up 40 minutes. So our parents live like 
approximately 40 minutes from Ann Arbor. So yeah, very close to home if we were to go to U of M. It's a top academic school. For me in particular, I am a social worker. Michigan has the number one social work program in the country. And Brittany's so. going to U of M. I know we said this on another episode, but if you missed it or whatever, um, Brittany got into the social work program at University of Michigan. So Yay. go blue, go Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, for me, that would be a draw. Academics are important, and it being the top school for the field that I'm in would be a massive draw. Um, I love Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor is consistently ranked one of the top college towns in the United States. Actually, it may be the number one. Uh, last I heard, I, I I saw a TikTok the other I day. I saw a TikTok, and I also saw something on the news about it. And maybe like I'm reading like biased news. <laughs> so it totally sounds like it because we're Michigan fans, of course. We're reading stuff that says Michigan. <laughs> that's, fe- that's feeding into like our agenda. Yeah. No, I forget what the I forget what the source was, but I did. I've seen that multiple times. That Ann Arbor is like one of the top ranked places to live, and it's a top college town. There's a lot of yes. really great food. That's what me and Ashley love. Is like the food is top. Chef's kiss. Top Frida tier. potatoes. If you're ever in Ann Arbor. Yeah, it's it's great, and there's a lot of other options too hit us up if you need recommendations Brittany's gonna say blue tractor but no it's I'm not gonna of... say anything I'm gonna move on to my next my next <laughs> point there's a lot of fun things to do though and Ann Arbor is very versatile I feel like you can get the city vibe downtown but you can drive 10 minutes out to a park and get the most beautiful views of like a lake and you know there's trails that are like you're walking through the woods and you get that private feeling which is something that me and you grew up with right because we're kind of like country girls you know what i mean don't say that we're definitely (laughs) not but we did grow up like on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere our house is quite our childhood home is quite literally surrounded by fields and we mean ashley go for walks down the road we had to like move out of the way for tractors coming yes so like i don't know these are things that like i think people think about you know what i mean like Brittany's how much like does my future college home have tractors and dirt roads no but i think what i'm trying to say <laughs> is it's very like you can get the best of both worlds in the state of michigan and particularly in ann arbor you don't get the dirt roads in ann arbor oh, but i don't want that so you can drive like two hours to get to one of the many great lakes of michigan which is very much like ocean vibes which i think is very underrated and people don't think about people have no idea i think how beautiful michigan actually is and the up is known for being beautiful the upper peninsula but i also think that there's like hidden gems Mm -hmm. like me and ashley have all these spots around ann arbor that are like the most scenic painting like peaceful locations that we can just like sit and chill out and it's like 10 minutes from campus you know what i mean so i think that's something that i would really like you pretty much hit all of my points yeah um i just I think the only one that you didn't technically say exactly how I phrased it was just growing up as Michigan fans. Mm -hmm. I think that it would be like the lifelong dream, kind of like Josie Anthony wanting to be a Georgia gym dog. Yeah. We grew up going to Michigan meets. Like I could see myself wanting to, you know, as a kid be a Michigan Wolverine. Um, I have vivid memories and real quick, I'll just say this and then we'll we'll move past it. Cause I don't want to be like too like talking about Michigan and how great it is. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like that could be annoying to people, but I will say that I have vivid memories being a kid driving through Ann Arbor, like with our parents, like being in the backseat and just looking at the street, you know, passing by. And I remember thinking like, I want to live in Ann Arbor someday. And I also remember thinking that I wanted to go to the university of Michigan. And so I think for those people, not some people don't have like a hometown team or like they don't, they don't have a connection to a university in any way. So they're like open to anything. But I, I think that me and you have always been those people that 
we kind of knew where we wanted to live and we knew like where we wanted to go to school. I actually talked myself out of going to Michigan because of how expensive it was. And I didn't think that I was good enough to get in. So I'm like, follow your dreams, kids, because here I am living in Ann Arbor and going to the University of Michigan. Oh my gosh, stop. I love it. So I think that for me, that would be like a very big like passion that I would want to fulfill. Right. Um, The con, really the only con that I have is the hype. I guess like Michigan doesn't really have the hype. They don't have that big passionate fan base aside from Brittany and I. Okay, I know we're not the only ones. There's other people that are big Michigan fans, but you know what I mean. It's not the like, same. It's not. It doesn't compare to LSU or like know, really any of the other teams on this list. Yeah, we don't have thirteen thousand fans at every home meet. You know, there's oftentimes a lot of empty seats. The TV coverage isn't always the best. You know, we're not on Friday Night Heights every you know Friday, um, and those are things that I think make Michigan, you know, as a top school, not as appealing as some of the other mainly SEC and, and I guess even the Pac-12 schools. There's also not a lot going on here with NIL, if that's something that a gymnast cares about. Like you said, I don't know if I really would care too much about that. But yeah, it just feels a little bit like, like let's get the energy up. Like, come on, people. I know. It's been kind of like, I don't know what word I want to use. I don't want to say disappointing. You want it, they the girls deserve better. Yes, they yeah, do. I feel that. And the school has the resources and the fan base. Like there's a lot of Michigan. When you live in Michigan, Michigan and Michigan State, the rivalry, like the fan bases are intense. Michigan football games, the biggest football stadium in the country. I think it's the third largest in the world. Like mm-hmm. football games in the big house are fun. Yes, and they can bring a crowd. So, like, it's possible. You know it's there, but, like, We need to channel that into the gymnastics team, and I don't feel like there's enough, from a university standpoint, like, really being pushed in that direction. Right. Like, really pushing people towards, like, hey, you should go to a gymnastics meet. You would enjoy it, you know? Right. And it's gotten better over the years, but it's not, it's not keeping pace with what the other top schools are doing. So I think that would be kind of a downside for me if I was considering Michigan. Another thing that I think I would consider is the potential for coaching changes in the future. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it clear that I don't know anything. <laughs> like I, no one has told me anything. This I'm, isn't like tea or anything. No, I'm just like speculating because it's no secret. Bev has been around and Scott, honestly, the assistant coach have been around since 1990. That was Bev's first season. Yeah. So it's been a long time. I think they're one of the longest standing coaching duos probably of like all time but i definitely would say currently well a lot of you look at the coaching staffs like around the time that bev first started a lot of those coaches have retired by now like dd bro and right she's kind of like sarah patterson the last of that generation i guess and so i'm expecting that in the next five years or less potentially even that she may retire and i think that can cause a lot of uncertainty for athletes i feel like if i was a recruit i would want to know like who my coach is gonna be right there's a possibility that somebody could be recruited right now and then by the time they get to college the coaching staff could look totally different right and so i mean i think for me personally that wouldn't necessarily like sway me away from my dream school but I think in general for college athletes going through the recruiting process, that is something that one could think about and have it be a a valid uh, con is the potential for some coaching changes in the future at some point. Okay, let's move on because I don't want to get like too caught up in Michigan. So now we have our differences. Um, So I have Arkansas on mine. And the reason I have Arkansas is one, Jordan Weber. (laughs) like that's fair we are definitely were when we were younger like huge jordan weaver fans and also like kyla ross chris brooks i mean it's a, it's a good coaching staff i think that would be something that would definitely be in my mind a nice gym as well mm-hmm. they have a really nice facility never been there but just seeing like photos and videos it's a very nice facility 
they're in the SEC, so you get more TV time. You know, the perks of being in the SEC, competitive meets, things like that. Um, pretty decent crowds, too. You know, they get uh, pretty decent. And I don't know if it's just because they're in the SEC, but, you know, they have meets sometimes in Bud Walton, which is their basketball arena, and they can fill that place up pretty good. So um, I think that I have Georgia on my list, too. Arkansas and Georgia are the kind of teams that I would look at more for like personal reasons, not necessarily for like gymnastic success. Sorry, I'm like so shook that you even said Georgia. I'm still like, I'm getting there. Hold on. It's not so much about gymnastic success, but more about like what my inner child would want. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's good. I mean, I guess we did say Bravery Neff, but I feel like it's good to have like these are my big schools that I want, and here's my like second tier that is something that if you listen to our interview with joe hicks who does a lot of college recruiting stuff she mentioned that it's right. important to have like your top picks and then have like a second tier right and i'm not gonna name drop but there's a gymnast that was recruiting last year that um, didn't get as many offers or even interest at all from really very many if at all like any of the big teams um and was kind of surprisingly looking at more of like the second tier I guess if that's what you want to call it teams um so I think it's good even if you're an elite gymnast even if you're the best level 10 in the country to still have like teams outside of the top five Mm -hmm. that you're considering um I I feel like I would I would consider that so that's one of the reasons that I picked a school like Arkansas and as far as cons go um similar to LSU not really like much of a draw for me personally to want to live in a state like Arkansas although Jordan when we had her on the podcast she did say that like Fayetteville is a really nice area and mm-hmm. like kind of like a growing town a lot of <laughs> college towns are though yeah so that's to me where I'm like is that enough of a draw to like pull me in that direction because a lot of these other teams do have that same thing going for them as yeah. far as like where the location is my only other thing is I don't know if I would like being called a hog, but that's more of like a me problem. <laughs> I do. Oh my God, we're going to get roasted probably. I, their like woo pig suey thing is kind of cringy to me. Like I just, <laughs> I would not, I, here's what I'm saying. I don't think I'd be able to take it seriously. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be able to like say it with pride. I would be like laughing. Right. Like, yeah, woo pig suey. Not like, yeah, woo pig suey. Let's go. You know right, I mean? like some schools are like, you know, go blue or go Bruins and it feels go so tigers, like and it feels like powerful. fierce and intense and yeah, and this is like go hogs. And I'm like, I don't want to be a hog. <laughs> that's kind of a dumb con, but that is Yeah, thought. that's not an actual I think if I was genuinely considering this school, like that would that would be no. more of like a joke that like, I would I make. loved everything about Arkansas, but I just at the end of the day I didn't want to be called a hog, so <laughs> I couldn't go there. <laughs> so that's all I have for Arkansas and then Georgia. You obviously have something you want to say to me about that. I was messaging someone the other day, Krista, hey, if you're listening. I literally said that Georgia, because me and you've been to several schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been to, obviously, Michigan, Utah, Georgia. Have you been anywhere else? Um, not that's, like, top tier in any way. Okay. Me forgetting where I've gone. Um, you're just so well-traveled. Not, not actually, but anyways. I had said to her that Georgia like I after going there I was like I wouldn't want to go to that school really yeah well so I have a feeling you're gonna say the exact opposite as me which is fine well here's my reason so similar to Arkansas we grew up watching Georgia gymnastics meets and granted we I guess at the beginning of this we did say that we're class of 2024 so we would have been <laughs> me like contradicting myself 
I'm mixing up like being a class of 24 and also me being my age now. We grew up watching the Georgia Dominance era and Courtney Kupetz. And I, I feel like similar to Michigan, that would be like cool. You literally said, and you're lucky I don't have the tapes to roll, but you stood on the floor in Stegman Coliseum and you looked around and you were like, wow, I can't believe I'm standing on the floor. Oh, yeah. This is something that you've seen on TV for so long as I, a kid. I have... Very rarely am I like speechless. And when we stepped onto the floor of Stegman, I was looking up and I was like, whoa, like I've seen this on TV. I grew up watching this. It was really cool. But yeah. like to me, I guess maybe that's not enough for me to like. I don't know. There was something about just being there and it felt like magical. The, the training facility, just like LSU, is top tier. It was beautiful. Um, not even so much the gym. I mean, the gym was great. I'm not saying it wasn't, but like the the actual facility and like the weight room and the yeah, and they don't have to walk anywhere to like go to another building to get to these things like some other campuses you have to do. Um, they're like team lounge area, the locker room. I mean, they have a really really nice um, kind of. I don't know in size how it compares to LSU, but in terms of niceness, it really rivals, in my opinion, what LSU looks like they have going on. Mm -hmm. The facilities are just nice. Obviously, it's an SEC school. It's a great school. Another good school, like sports wise, academically. Yeah. You know, it's a you know a nice university. And I think maybe like even just the desire to help bring Georgia back to their glory days. They do have the number one recruiting class coming in for next season. They've had, you know, last season some gymnasts transfer in. And I don't know, like maybe that could be a draw to be a part of like helping to bring this team, this legacy team back to its roots no that's fair that's totally um, fair and i'm not saying it would be my number one pick but those are thoughts that i think i truly genuinely would have in my head my con is just wtf <laughs> um, and like, that's a mood the the con is what everyone else says that's also like thoughts the in my con mind. is like what is going on here like is there culture problems yeah i think and i'm not gonna go into like too much details i really don't necessarily have anything like specific to say this isn't like tea in any way but like sometimes you just get vibes you know what i mean from mm -hmm. certain places and i just feel like i didn't like the vibe of georgia certain things kind of like rubbed me the wrong way and it's that's nothing fair. it's nothing like major but we also went there as media not as recruits right so yeah so it's, it's it's a different experience but i don't know i just i wasn't super impressed with like the the vibe i guess that i got that's fair all i'm saying is i'm going on a recruiting trip that's it and that's fair okay so go ahead so i had this one i wasn't like super passionate about um it's kind of i guess just filling the requirements of getting my five visits in i put florida I, i'm like sure i would visit it i don't think i would choose florida but i would definitely visit it warm weather of course although that one's kind of a weird like pro and con at the same time because i think when it's cold i like the warm weather but then when you're in michigan and it turns into summer i'm like wow i hate this i want it to be spring or i want it to be fall um, I feel like Florida would just be like Satan's asshole and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want that. So again, kind of like a pro Anacon there. Mm -hmm. Um they're <laughs> sorry. They're consistently a top team. They are one of the few teams that if you look at the past like ten years, they've consistently been one, two, or three. Like almost every single year and not many teams can say that. Like, I don't know if any other, maybe other than Oklahoma, but if we're talking like last 10 years, even Florida is one of the only teams that has consistently been at the top. And I really admire that. And I think they're doing a lot of things right in that regard. Mm -hmm. 
that I'd be interested in um, and potentially being a part of. I think I like their team culture from what I can tell at least. Um, they seem like a great group, a fun group. Yeah. Um, down to earth. I, I feel like I can sense some qualities there that I think I would relate to and enjoy being around. Um, and then as far as cons, again, I said warm weather. I had that as a pro and a con. And then also the politics, I think, are just garbage in Florida with everything that's going on right now with the mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus community and just all of that. And I, we don't have to get into it. But like, I just, I don't think I would feel comfortable living in a state like that. Yeah. Especially right now. Um, so I don't think that Florida would be like towards the top of my list, but I would definitely pay them a visit if I was given the opportunity. And then... My other one that you didn't have, which I guess, can we say, I think it's obvious at this point, Utah would be my top pick. Um, wow, really? Yeah, I'm shook by this. Me and you are always on the same page. I think this is a beautiful moment here. Utah. I think, I think we're such individual people, and I'm so proud of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine was LSU. Mm. I think LSU has a lot going for them, and it's, that's not to say the other teams don't. That is hilarious to me. It is. It's you funny are to me. such a hypocrite. Yeah, it's funny to me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, I just like at Georgia. I just didn't vibe at Utah. Really? Yeah. I think the home meets are fun. They have a fun atmosphere. Okay. Well, hold on. Before you take my spotlight, can I say? Yes. Can yes. I say why? And then you yes. can try and diminish it. You're gonna diminish my experience. I just know you are. <laughs> um. Okay, so first and foremost, my pros, Utah is beautiful. Utah is one of the most beautiful states that I've ever seen. I am a very big outside girly. I love to walk outside. I like to sit in random places and just think (laughs) about my life. I I like the peace of an area like that. So Utah is beautiful. For me personally, that would be like a really big draw. I like the scene. The crowd in the Huntsman Center. I loved the energy. Um, I remember we were sitting with Abby Brenner's parents and I remember turning to Laura, Abby's mom, and saying like, I've never experienced anything like this. It was such a cool moment to be a part of that crowd. And I'm sure a lot of schools also, like I'm sure if I went to LSU, I would say the same thing. You know what I mean? But for me, coming from Michigan, where we sometimes have good crowds, but a lot of the times it's pretty like mid- I've never felt anything like that. And so to me, that felt pretty magical. Yeah. Um, Investment from the school and the fan base and NIL. Again, that to me is not super important, but I do think it's something that in the back of my mind, I'd be like, okay, like they have that going on. The school seems to really appreciate their athletic teams, especially their women's sports. And I don't think a lot of universities really invest in that and appreciate and respect that. That's true. Um, And I like the feeling that that left me with. They have a nice facility. Um, it's not the most impressive facility that I've seen. But they're getting a renovation. They are getting a renovation, which we did not see that. If you go check out the video that we did on Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel, we didn't get to really like see the renovations because they're they were still renovating. Well, we we saw like what we went into the construction zones, but it was literally a construction zone. Like it wasn't anywhere near being completed. Yeah. <clears throat> so we didn't really get the full picture aside from like Tom Farden telling us like. This is where this is going to go. But it sounded amazing. It sounds like it's going to be really, really nice. Yes. So that's always a benefit. They're a top team. They have been. They have a a really big legacy to their program that I think it would be cool to be a part of. The only con that I could really think of was that it was far from home. Yeah. And that, to me, is my biggest con. Mm -hmm. I loved Utah. Like you said, I think it's beautiful. I had a good time there going to the UCLA Utah meet and all that, but... I think I had a problem being so far away from home. I had a lot of issues, a lot of issues personally on that trip. 
Which, uh, here's the thing, though. We're laughing about it, but that's totally valid. Yeah. And I think athletes feel that, too. And they experience that, too, when they visit some of these schools. Like, you would think that, like, I'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be fine. And then you fly out to Utah, and then suddenly you're having a panic attack because the time zone has changed by two hours or three hours, whatever it was. Two. Two hours. You're, like, really far from home, and traveling is somewhat of a new thing for us, especially, like, getting on planes and going, like, far away, and we used to just, like, drive in the states, like, surrounding Michigan, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a relatively new thing, and it's, you know, something that I would probably get used to if I lived there, but I just, for some reason, I can't, like, shake that feeling. I, I feel, like, too far from home. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that when I'm, you know, when we were in Georgia, I didn't feel that when we'd been to, like, Tennessee. I haven't felt that. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just no, a that's, that's totally valid. I think that's a really good point. It's literally nothing against the program or anything. It's just like personally me, I could see myself not wanting to live there. Yes. So I guess to answer the question, the initial question was which team would you pick and, and basically what reasons why they said that we couldn't choose Michigan. If I'm being real, I would choose Michigan and that's literally not a surprise to anybody. But if I couldn't choose Michigan, if the University of Michigan like blew up right now, I think Utah would be my top pick. And I think LSU would be mine, which is really funny, given that we also, like, back in the day, we really did not like Utah. (laughs) Now here we are. Oh, how time can change things. Yeah, but also I think that that's normal. Like, as you get older, you start to learn yourself better. You learn what's actually important to you. And I think a lot of the reasons in the past that we haven't liked teams has been pretty, like, frivolous stuff. They're petty. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't like this athlete. Maybe I don't like this coach. I don't like that this coach said this or did this. Not saying that that's frivolous, by the way. Like, that's that's valid i'm just saying that like i think when you're a kid you think like this looks fun ucla's team looks fun la sounds fun the weather is warm things like that that i feel like they don't actually matter enough to sway your opinion is i think what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. whereas being close to home it being a top academic school um you know you learn more about yourself and what things actually matter to you and what your future is going to look like that i think when you're young which is why i'm glad the rules have changed for recruiting i don't think you're capable of seeing it like that and thinking about what i currently want and what i could see for my my future mm-hmm. no 100 percent. so i guess we're going to lsu in utah <laughs> and who would have thought <laughs> that is funny to me i did not think you were gonna say i thought we were gonna be on the same page about utah nope utah was not even on my list but georgia wasn't on my list you know what i mean like that's so uh, interesting yeah I'll and we are them. very similar people so that's interesting that i think we had <laughs> Just different feelings from it. And it just goes to show you how different people are and what, what they value. And what your experience can even be. Um, and how different it could be from somebody who was there at the same time as you and experiencing the same things as you. And yeah. two people could have two separate experiences. And again, to clarify that, I'm not insinuating that like we had a bad experience at either school. We absolutely did not. Um, we had a good experience with both just personal Utah preferences and-, and Georgia. Yeah, it just... Um, yeah, I think it's just what matters to you and like sometimes the vibe that you got. And um, I think it's super interesting. So thank you so much to whoever asked that question. And if you want us to answer your question in a future episode, check out the show notes. We also occasionally will tweet and put out the link on our Instagram um, just to remind people. But that link will always be in the show notes. So if you heard us say something today that you want us to like elaborate on or anything that's going on in the Another Jurassic tangent world, you want us to go off on send us a question to clarify normally this segment is not going to be this long we just had like a lot of fun it's been a while since we've sat down and actually talked about gymnastics and we enjoyed i I knew we knew this was going to be a long one we got this question and we were like let's do this one first 
we're going to go off on a tangent because it's fun. It's fun to talk about, you know, all of your interests and things that you care about. And right. But normally this is going to be, I anticipate, a much shorter segment. Like this alone was enough to be a whole podcast. I think we're at 40, like a 45 minutes right now. Without the interview. and yeah. yeah. So sorry. It was a little bit long. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And if you have a question, like Brittany said, feel free to click that link and send it in. And maybe you'll hear us talk about it on a future episode. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And of course, we want to say thank you again to Tiana for joining us on the show. We can't wait to see what you do next. We'd also like to take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Megan W., Katie C., Tyler S., Casey, MSU, Kimberly G., Robert H., Randy B., Amy M., Emily B., Kathleen R., Lucy S., Becca S., Blake B., Cookie Master, Faith M., Kristen R., Lori S., Sabrina M., Amy C., Erica S., Milan W., M., Derek H., Abby M., Martin, and Jasmine C. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level, and if you are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, we always have a link in the show notes down below to what the perks are of each tier level and how you guys can join. One of the perks of being a gold level Patreon supporter is getting early access to interviews that we do about a week before they actually come out. Sometimes it's in video form, sometimes it's just audio form. And next week, we're going to have an interview with Khalees Wolford, which if you are a gold level Patreon supporter, that episode is already up on the Patreon app right now so make sure you go check that out if you're gold level because you can get access a week before it actually goes live we hope you guys have an awesome week and we'll talk to you real soon bye bye